Welcome to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. Until I met Dr. Edward Bartlett recently, I'm going to admit I was a bit wet behind the ears on the topic that should bother, shock, and reduce us all to tears if it has not already done so for many of you in the know. Clearly, many people are aware of this great scourge, domestic violence against men. In fact, domestic violence against men is an even bigger problem than I had thought possible. It's huge, and many of the cases are gruesome, sad, horrendous, and the mainstream media is not paying attention. Dr. Bartlett, the founder of the Coalition to End Domestic Violence here in America, sets the record straight. So we know that 81% of all persons arrested for domestic violence are male, which means obviously 19% are female. But, you know, again, juxtapose that fact with the fact that males are the majority of victims. So how is it possible that the persons who are the, the majority of victims, in fact, are the majority of the, by far, of the arrestees. Yeah. And I'll tell you why is because... That was Dr. Edward Bartlett, founder of the Coalition to End Domestic Violence. It's based here in the United States, and he is my guest coming up. We will look at the kind of cases out there of men at the receiving end of awful physical and emotional abuse by female wives and partners at home for example and male domestic violence generally you heard it male domestic violence outweighs female domestic violence in america i'm still reeling in shock is it something in the air is it a reflection of pent-up female anger exploding in men's faces which is not to say domestic violence against women is small, no way. It too is a big problem and totally indefensible. And we will get into both sides. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. We keep digging for the secrets and stories of uncommon and everyday things and interesting people. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Well, I hope you're all well. It's great to have you on my show. We have a great guest coming up. He is Dr. Edward Bartlett, founder of the Coalition to End Domestic Violence. And before we get to that, I just can't help remarking how cold it is here in the northeast of America. When you step outside, it's like walking straight into a refrigerator and then you come back inside and it's lovely and toasty warm again. And we're recording in our studio here in New Jersey today. And I hope you're all going to have a great new year. It's now 
into January. Can you imagine? Now, on our subject and interview coming up with Dr. Edward Bartlett, we'll talk about the massive level of domestic violence against men, a terrible thing such as women physically abusing husbands, for example. Dr. Bartlett says the field of domestic violence is replete with lies and injustices. Dr. Bartlett is a former academic, consultant and government regulator and his PhD is in public health from Johns Hopkins University. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. Edward Bartlett, welcome to my show. I am reading some of these startling and sad statistics about domestic violence on the male side, female side, and these are shocking numbers. Um, We typically in our society think of female violence against females uh, perpetrated by the male. Uh, We don't look at it the other way around, but you've come up with some these numbers taken from official data and can you explain it all to me and what's going on here yeah i'd be happy to john so first of all it's important to note that probably everything you and your your viewers and listeners have heard about domestic violence is wrong you know as you know there are many issues in our society that are driven by a narrative and and we can get into the causes of that narrative if you want to but i'm lying the narrative has long said Domestic violence is all about patriarchal power and control. And when you say the word patriarchy, you're automatically alluding to men. So the, the, the narrative for literally for decades has been that domestic violence is about men beating up their wives and their, and their girlfriends. Well, it turns out we've known from scientific research, literally going back decades and decades, that this is an equal opportunity problem. Um, men are Uh, is likely to be victims as women, but because the whole narrative has really ignored female perpetrated abuse, uh, it now is becoming clear that that women are are taking the edge in terms of uh, more likely to become perpetrators. You may have just heard, uh, I just read this in the news uh, earlier today, uh, a couple in uh, Missouri, um, they got into it, she had a sword, uh, she took out the sword. She killed her husband. Um, this just happened. I believe this happened yesterday. Uh, I can cite other examples that are just, you know, equally tragic and equally shocking. So, but the bottom line is that there's every indication that, that number one, the number of female uh, abusers now clearly exceeds the number of male abusers. And increasingly we're seeing shocking outcomes, uh, call them cold-blooded murders, um, we see this more and more often. Gosh. Well, I have some of the statistics you sent me, uh, and these are for the U.S., uh, 4.2 million males compared to 3.5 million females experience domestic violence each year, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Um, But according to your report, 30 years of domestic violence, half-truths, falsehoods, and lies. Many domestic violence groups continue to promote this false narrative of male as perpetrator and female as victim, as you just spoke about. And these falsehoods unfairly stereotype men, deprive abuse of women from getting help, and undermine the effectiveness of abuse reduction programs. 
I mean, it's shocking. When did all this start and what's the origins of this, these distortions and lies? Yeah, well, <clears throat> this really goes back 30, literally 30 years, John. Um, <clears throat> and so 30 years ago, you may recall that our good friend Joe Biden was a senator. And he was one of the, the leading champions for a bill that eventually came to be known as the Violence Against Women Act. Uh, Violence Against Women Act, VAWA, was passed in 1994. So in order to sort of convince lawmakers that this bill needed to be passed, they, they you know, it was, it was a very one-sided debate. There was lots of discussion about male and female uh, per, uh, abuse and victimization. Uh, essentially, no, no discussion is at all that I'm aware of that mentioned this really was an equal opportunity problem. So uh, it does go back many years. Uh, it's driven by this, this patriarchal power and control ideology. Um, and let's face it, there's a lot of money uh, to be had. You know, this, this ideology drives about half a billion dollars a year uh, under the Violence Against Women Act. That's, that's a fair amount of money that goes for a variety of purposes, not always to stop domestic violence. And where does that money go to government-funded agencies, nonprofits, or where does it end up, this, this, this funding for these groups? So the Violence Against Women Act is primarily designed to ramp the law enforcement response. So it's designed to increase more aggressive police actions, more prosecutions, more incarcerations. So a lot of the money goes to police departments and prosecutors' offices and judicial education programs. And that's exactly part of the problem is that a lot of these domestic violence cases are uh, like, um, you know, a lot of them are mutual. For example, uh, the woman may slap the guy and he may shove her back. So under the, the Violence Against Women Act, uh, you have to arrest both parties. Uh, now, that kind of defies common sense. Do, do we really want to, you know, ar arrest every woman who slaps her husband? Do we want every arrest every man who shoves her, his wife? Probably that's overkill. Uh, probably these, these lower level situations can be better addressed through anger management, through counseling, um, through couples counseling. But that's, there's, <laughs> there's not a word in the entire Violence Against Women law that talks about uh, couples counseling or uh, substance abuse. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take us through some more of this stats just to give listeners and viewers some sense of what's going on here. Every year, 17.3 million men and 12.7 million women are victims of psychological coercive control tactics, according to the CDC. First of all, what are psychological coercive control tactics? Just to explain that. Yeah, well, so um, giving your partner the silence treatment, that's psychological abuse. Uh, name calling. Uh, uh, controlling the person's ability to socialize with their friends. I mean, there's many forms of mm. psychological abuse. Um, and let me share another horrific incident that, that happened. Uh, actually, it happened two years ago, but the woman was actually, um, was actually convicted just last week. Uh, this happened in Boston. Uh, this involved a woman, her name is In Young Yu, spelled Y-O-U. Uh, 
uh, and her boyfriend was Alexander Urtula, U-R-T-U-L-A. They're both students at, at Boston College. Um, and uh, she became extraordinarily controlling and physically abusive. Um, and for example, she was sending him text messages saying that, uh, go kill yourself. Uh, hmm. You should die. I mean, literally thousands of, of these text messages. And tragically, in May of 2019, he, he jumped off of a, a garage and he did kill himself. Uh, just a few days before he was supposed to graduate. She was convicted literally just last week um, for this. Um, she's not going to do any jail time. And a lot of people would say, isn't this a double standard? If a guy had been uh, physically and psychologically abusive to his, his girlfriend, surely he would have done some hard time. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, according to the CDC, American Indian men and women experience nearly identical lifetime rates of partner abuse, 81.6% and 84.3% respectively. The Federal Violence Against Women Act includes a section on safety for Indian women, but inexplicably, according to your group, nothing about safety for Indian men. Another double yeah. standard? Yeah, that, that's the double standard again. I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's inexplicable. Um, it's, 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 it's grievous. It does, it does promote this double standard, like I mentioned, of this woman who caused her, her boyfriend to kill himself, but she didn't do any time. She's not going to do any time in jail. There is very much a double standard here, and you have to ask, what would motivate any, any group? to want to push such a such a blatant double standard in, in our legal system. Yeah. Uh, another one here, a domestic violence curriculum known as athletes as leaders and coaching boys into men is being taught to high school student athletes around the U.S. The program features an oppression chart that makes the unscientific claim that cisgender men are given more power access while women are subjected to oppression. Well, first of all, explain what cisgender means. Some people won't know. <laughs> I know that's a new that's... term. It's relatively new. You know, we, we've read about it, but still a bit confused. But explain that and, and about this curriculum. Yeah, we're we're obviously seeing a new new vocabulary lately. So cisgender means heterosexual, and the organization that promotes that is called. Futures Without Violence. Uh, they're based in San Francisco. Uh, you would think if an organization was called Futures with, Without Violence, hey, they would want to stop all forms of violence. But no, <laughs> they are only focused on male on female types of abuse and violence. Um, but th the passage you read, John, touches on the underlying ideology. So where does all of this come from? Well, there's, there's a lot of talk about the terms oppression, um, privilege, um, patriarchy, those terms come straight out of Marxist theory. Mm. And if, if you do trace the, the, the concepts behind the Violence Against Women Act, it does go back to the Marxist concepts of uh, male, you know, the, the presumed uh, male oppression of, of women. Uh, Karl Marx talked about what he called the dual oppression of women. He was referring to the fact of women living in a capitalist society 
and and being in a being married to a male and so that was what Karl Marx referred to as the dual oppression of women so we are picking up on that here and it's seeping and coming into our western culture u.s society why did your group come together or how did it come together who are you well uh john we're a 501c3 organization which means we're a nonprofit, um and um that means that our our activities are designed to benefit the broader society um and so we have uh, our founding coalition consists of about 40 leading organizations um that uh are cons- are believe in supporting the family the the nuclear family want to end domestic violence and above all want these laws to be based on science right. not on ideology your group is not against uh, you're not one side or the other you're both sides right i mean you exactly. look with at, with horror at violence against women that that is simply horrific by male perpetrators and vice versa historically it's hard to imagine that we have so much violence perpetrated by um females against the male partner um is that a kind of a newish phenomena would, would that happen in the 19th century as much do you think we don't you know we don't have scientific research to answer that question john but um <clears throat> you may be aware that abraham lincoln was a victim of repeated uh, abuse and, and violence by his his wife Mary, um, and you, I mean there there are example case examples that go back beyond that. So bottom line is there's no reason to believe that there's been any major shift in the past, you know, in the past fifty years or hundred years. There's every indication that that women have been abusive to to their husbands and vice versa. Yeah, and you're exactly right. We we want to stop all forms of abuse. It doesn't matter who's the who is the perpetrator, but when we have these myths and narratives <clears throat> that steer us away from the truth, <laughs> well, yeah. we we are going to call out those myths and narratives. So you have to get the laws changed. And looking at the numbers, there the official numbers they could be even higher. Well, yeah, th- these are these the numbers that you've mentioned. Um, the, again, come from the Centers for Disease Control. These are considered the best numbers we have in the United States um, because it, what they do is they they literally make phone calls to a representative sample of people and they ask them a series of questions and that's how they get the the results. <clears throat> the 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 other result that I haven't mentioned, which is really mind boggling, that the group with the highest levels of domestic violence are. Uh, women in same-sex lesbian relationships, their numbers <laughs> really go off the chart. Really? And I'll, I'll, wow. The, yes, much higher than than homosexual male couples, which you know obviously disputes the patriarchal theory concept. And I'll tell you of an of an actual example in New York City. Um, just to, this was back in October. This was a a a. a Police, police patrol officer, female officer. Her name was Yvonne Wu. W U. Um, she was in a same-sex lesbian relationship. That relationship broke up, right? So her old, her previous girlfriend got into a new re- relationship. So, so they were cavorting with each other, and Yv- Yvonne Wu walked in and and discovered the two of them. Uh, Yvonne pulled out her revolver and started to fire away 
<clears throat> shot her ex in the chest, did not kill her, but then she did kill the new girlfriend. Uh, so here we have a love triangle at work. Um, and, you know, here we have this, you know, a good example of tr the tragedy of what happens can, ha can happen in lesbian relationships. And again, if society was willing to recognize the possibility of female perpetrated abuse, um, Yvonne Wu could have gotten help earlier on be before her abuse spiraled out, of spiraled out of control. So that's the, that's the human cost of the myth and the narrative. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned social security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. My guest is Dr. Edward Bartlett, founder of the Coalition to End Domestic Violence. And this coalition means business. It put out a press release recently with the headline, Culture of Dishonesty. Coalition calls for end to domestic violence, half-truths, falsehoods and lies. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. To your point, and it's in your recent notes, researcher Maurice Strauss noted the past 25 years has seen a systematic denial of evidence about perpetration of partner violence by women. Are you getting any support in the community? Are you getting any pushback? How does it look? You know, um, we have we really have not gotten pushback. Um, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> um, but I'm a strong believer that the truth is one of the most powerful weapons that in our society and and speaking the truth <clears throat> that's you know based on science um it's pretty hard to refute the truth you know in terms of lawmakers are they any any of them picking up your case and saying yeah we're going to go dr bartlett you know the next opportunity introduce a bill in washington we may not get support but we're going to get it out there and we're going to start flying the flag and bringing national attention to this issue uh, we're not quite at the point of flying the waving the flag, but we are definitely making progress. So this law I referred to a few minutes ago, John, the Violence Against Women Act is actually <clears throat> right now is up for reauthorization, uh, which theoretically happens every five years. Um, but just back, this was literally back in October, that was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, uh, two leading senators, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California and Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, both put out tweets saying specifically, we need to recognize the needs and the existence of male victims of domestic violence. So, so there is, there is Traction there. undoubtedly a recognition of this. And, and my organization has actually said, well, 
if 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 male if male victimization is greater than female victimization, why do we call it the Violence Against Women Act? Uh, <laughs> isn't yeah. that sort of a misnomer? So we're we're suggesting that we need to change the name of the law. Yeah, it, it, it makes perfect sense. And when Feinstein comes in, then you have on the liberal side of, of the Senate, that shows at least some movement in the positive direction for your for your group. So these, these stories are sad and so tragic. I mean, I'm sure you have just a laundry list of other terrible cases out there, and maybe they can't even be repeated. They're, they're so horrific. Well, we've. Um, I'm. An, I'll give you the URL of our website because we have put out um, two or three press releases uh, that highlights uh, examples of female perpetrated murders, uh, and everyone has been pretty grisly. Um, so, so here's our our URL. Yeah. www.end2dv.org. I'll say it again. So it's yeah. the uh, to two is in to not the number two so it's end to dv.org um, and on our website uh, we have a whole section on it's called the press room where we list all of our press releases and any of your listeners can go there and see oh yeah um, there was a there was a guy who was run out run down by his uh, his former uh, girlfriend in Baltimore and he was killed that that's just one example of many. So yeah, the the examples are none of them are pleasant. Yeah, but as you said just earlier, a lot of this plays into the current narrative and and this this Marxist ideology changing that entire narrative. Any kind of shift you can make in that is pretty admirable, uh, but it's got to be a difficult um, campaign to succeed in. Well, again, uh, I'm a strong believer that the truth is uh, the, tr- <laughs> the 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 old expression: "The truth will set you free," and that's yeah. that's truth. Truly, is a powerful weapon or a powerful tool because um, you know there are so many narratives and 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 false claims out there. When you speak the truth, um, it it sort of it opens people's eyes, and that yeah. that's obviously a good thing. Well, let me ask you, has the elements in the mainstream media tried to suppress what you're doing because it doesn't fit their ideology? Any sense they, of that? John, John, basically, they try to ignore us. Hmm. Um, so I mentioned to you this group called Futures Without Violence, based in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> you can go to their website. Uh, they're a perfect example of one, what I call the truth deniers. You, you can look long and hard on their website. There's not a single mention of even the possibility of female perpetrated abuse. It's all about male perpetrated abuse. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what happened, in, you know, during the, the Jim Crow era uh, in the Southern United States where, where the, 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 the fundamental human rights of, of blacks were, were simply ignored. Yeah. It just was not on the radar screen. And I have to think. Well, what would motivate a group to simply try to ignore the, 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 you know, more than half the problem of domestic violence? I don't understand it. And I'm sure a lot of other people don't too, especially um, victims uh, of that violence by perpetrated by females. Did they come to you? Some of these uh, male victims, and there's millions of them out there over the years, and saying, "Why the heck are we, is this not being aired in the public square?" We've had a lot of individuals 
come to us, um, contact us by email. Sometimes they're victims. Sometimes they are friends of the victims. Sometimes they are persons who have been falsely accused. And that's, that's another part of the tale of woe that we haven't really touched on. But because, the, you know, because of the biases, um, if a woman simply makes an allegation of abuse, keep in mind that some of these definitions are very vague and very cloudy. They're very hard to refute. Um, so um, uh, I know a woman in Chicago whose son was falsely accused, and he's, he's in prison right now. So, so yeah, we, we are contacted by a broad range of individuals saying, hey, <laughs> this isn't right. This isn't fair. We need to fix it. Yeah. Do a lot of women get locked away for, uh, like men for domestic violence? Um, so the actual number, I'll give you the actual number. So, and this comes from the Department of Justice. So we know that 81% of all persons arrested for domestic violence are male, which means obviously 19% are female. But, you know, again, juxtapose that fact with the fact that males are the majority of victims. Yeah. So how is it possible that the persons who are the, the majority of victims, in fact, are the majority of the, by far, of the arrestees? Yeah. And I'll tell you why is because <clears throat> when police, and I, I have a personal friend who was himself, he was abused by his wife. He called the police for help. Guess who the police arrested? <laughs> Him. And, and so he found himself accused. Um, and remember, this is... A, I mean, it's not a laughing matter, but it's, it, it does make you wonder and, you know, roll your eyes. It's incredible. It, it makes you wonder. Exactly. So my... And again, he's a friend of mine, um, and I know this to be true. So so he, he was he spent some time in jail. Oh um, he went to a trial. He was found entirely innocent on all charges by the jury, right? Um, but his, his, his now ex-wife... She never paid any consequences for for either for her initial abuse or false allegations. So, so again, we're talking about a a very badly biased system. Yeah, I mean, there's this. We have this macho male model in our society, and a lot of men don't want that kind of publicity or that image going out of themselves being at the receiving end of violence. Um, you know, by their wife or partner. So does that make the whole situation difficult and put a, a color it somewhat? That's that's certainly true, John. I and I, you know, I know a, a personal friend of mine. Um, his wife threw a coffee mug at him. Um, now that that wasn't going to put him in the hospital, of course. But hey, that is domestic violence. Mm -hmm. But he didn't see it as domestic violence. He just saw it as sort of a you know, an incident. I, I have another friend who was subjected to repeated, um, type, you know, example incidents of domestic violence. And I had to explain to him sort of, hey, do you realize what's what's actually going on here? Um, so so that that clearly is part of the of, of the picture. But as you know, as I mentioned with my my previous other friend, um, sometimes and it's not complete rarity sometimes men who call the police they call as victims saying i need help they themselves are arrested that's not a that's not an extremely unusual phenomenon so you know we it's sort of a chicken and egg issue here uh we have to tell the police 
Um, and I can, if you want, I can tell you the reason why that this happens, but uh, we have to address the police response as much as anything else. As you've noted, there's a growing number of domestic violence groups are beginning to acknowledge the existence of female abusers and male victims. Um, and I'll mention the, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence now has a web page on, on male victims. The New Hampshire Coalition Against Domestic Violence has a web page. The Tennessee, I could, I could go through a list. So a growing number of groups are <laughs> pulling their head out of the sand, so to speak, and saying, yeah, we have to be fair to everybody. How do you see uh, well, 2022? So the debate on the violent, the Federal Violence Against Women Act continues. Um, my organization continues to be an active participant in that debate, uh, continuing to point out the science, continuing to point out the problem of the narrative, continuing to point out the double standard. Um, you know, we are we are <laughs> dealing with some very powerful vested interests, but that does not deter us. So we will continue. And in fact, we're going to be increasingly active at the state level as well. Okay, well, we'll stay in touch. We'll have you back, I hope, sometime to get a, a progress report. Dr. Bartlett, thank you for being on my show. Good luck in 2022. Thank you, John. Great to chat with you. You are listening to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. You can reach the host in the U.S. at 973-529-4699. That's 973-529-4699. Email burndesk at gmail.com. That's burndesk, B-Y-R-N-E, desk at gmail.com burndesk at gmail.com. Subscribe for free.